Nowadays in Hong Kong, it's very common for mothers to return to work after they give birth to children. Our listener Carolyn is one of them. She's a working mum of four. She met Jimmy Lam to explain her financial challenges. Can you start by uh, giving us some background about yourself? Okay, I uh, moved to Hong Kong in 2010 with my husband and my four children. Uh, we came here from Sydney in Australia. Um, we'd been in Australia for 10 years. Um, we're both British. Um, we left the UK in the year 2000 or 2001. I can't remember now. Um, the children were born in Sydney, and we thought that was a forever move. But then, out of the blue, uh, my husband got uh, transferred up to head office in Hong Kong. Um, so yeah, we've been here maybe nine years now. Right. Can you tell us what do you do for a living? Okay, so my husband works in finance, um, and it's been his job that has driven um, all the moves over the years. Um, I'm in media. Um, I came out of university a um, long time ago. <laughs> I won't specify when. Um, and I've been working in um, print media and publishing um, all my working life. Um, I just recently launched my own magazine, Hong Kong Family Traveller. Which is what I work on full time now. So you're kind of an entrepreneur. I guess I am. Yeah, I've just stepped into that category. Right. A bit. Yeah, it's a bit okay. strange. Yeah. So you have lived in um, like three places, roughly. Yeah. Right. So how would you assess the uh, your financial situation now, and also the living cost in Hong Kong compared to the two places that you've been? Okay. Um, well, I guess. Nobody moves to Hong Kong and expects it to be cheap. I mean, it's not like it's advertised as a cheap place to live. I think we knew what we were getting into from media reports and just general knowledge. It is one of the most, if not the most, expensive city to live in in the world. Um, but of course, the benefit is the taxation system. Um, when we first moved here, I was, despite knowing that it was expensive, I was slightly taken, actually left a bit breathless actually by the price of groceries. Um, and a friend said, "Look, you've just got to. It is what it is. Shut your eyes. Think of the tax rate. <laughs> you've just got to get on with it." Um, so yeah, I think rent was. I mean, people. It's it's good fun actually when visitors come out. And you sort of think, How much are you paying for this place? You go this much, and they go. Whoa! Ooh, oh my God! You could be living in Buckingham Palace back then. Um, yeah. So rent and my other bugbear is is just groceries. You know, it's I don't know three, four, five times what we were paying in Australia and in London as well. Um, yeah. So, so how would you assess your current financial situation? Do um, you do any investment? Yeah, we're kind of staggering along. We have. Four children. Um, we're probably at the most expensive time of our lives. Um, we are trying to think of the future a little bit. At the moment, everyday expenses, I guess, are kind of taking priority. We have to come up with the rent and the school fees. Um, my eldest daughter is looking at university within the next couple of years. Um, if she goes back to the UK, we will have to pay offshore um, fees for that. Which is a lot. I, think I we're thought you at... you were a citizen in the UK. No, we are British citizens, but because we're not residents, we're subject to overseas um, fees. So we're probably looking at about seventeen thousand to twenty thousand pounds per year. That's just for her tuition, not to mention 
um, rent, living everyday living expenses. So we are looking down the barrel of um, quite an expensive few years if all four of them decide to go through university. Um, we're also trying to look a little bit at the future. Um, obviously we won't be earning this level of income, I guess, for forever, but at some point my husband will want to retire. Um, but yeah, that is quite a long way down the track, just kind of hoping we've got enough investment in place. Oh, okay. so, and how, how, uh, how do your, you and your husband handle your asset turn? Do you have a mixed portfolio uh, into um, funds? Or? As my husband is the financial, so he's, the he's in finance, <laughs> so he deals with pretty much all of it. I think he's got yeah, a fairly wide corpus of shares, we've got some property. Um, bits and pieces. I try not to get too involved. Um, yeah, I'm more kind of managing all the everyday expenses. Um, okay, and um, looking ahead, um, is there any financial objective you set for you and your children? I think at the moment to get them through their education and tertiary education <laughs> and then for us to um, still have enough money left in the pot to um, have a roof over our heads <laughs> and enough sort of everyday expense money. Um, this is a very expensive time of life at the moment. You've just heard our listener Carolyn, a working mum of four. To help with some advice on her financial challenges, Jimmy Lam went to speak to William Tam, Chairman of the Hong Kong Financial Planning Association. Morning, William. Morning, Jimmy. So you've heard um, Caroline's case. So, yes. Um, well, she's quite a big family. Four yes. children yeah, in today's standard, right? Yeah. And about the role of managing finance, because um, she mentioned, okay, she relies on her husband to do the personal finance yes. um, the, for the family because uh, he has the experience, he's working in the finance field. Yes, yes. Um, do you think um, a family like husband and wife, um, how should they divide their the work in terms of managing the family's uh, financial situation. Yes, well, I will regard it as a family issue. We have met many clients in which they are financial independent. They just open a joint bank account and contribute some proportions of their salary each month. However, since clients have different education background or working environment, I saw some clients will contribute most of the salary to the spouse. In other case, if they feel comfortable, we should respect them. For Caroline, if she trusts her husband, there will be no problem. However, I think she has rights to know where her money invests. My suggestion is she can communicate with her husband. If her, hus if her husband is willing to disclose the investment portfolio each month or each quarter, of course, if there is a loss, don't blame your husband. Yeah, <laughs> right, I be open-minded about... Yes, I believe he has tried her, his best. Yeah. Right, so like, don't share the good news. Always share the good and the bad uh, yes. with your spouse, and yeah, yeah, uh, because I think she has right to know. Yeah. Right, and and so that they can all know like what their family situation is like, whether they need to uh, save for rainy day or during these tough times, maybe yes. he has made a uh, investment error or something. Yeah, like because that. investment don't mean you can you must earn money. Yeah. Right. And um, we mentioned in the beginning that four children is uh, quite a big family, and yes. and also Caroline mentioned it's the toughest t 
time for her family because okay. uh, one of the eldest sisters is entering the tertiary education. Yes. And she mentioned because um, although they are UK citizens, they do not live there. They're not the residents by okay. definition. So they kind of pay offshore fees. So it's quite a big amount um, yes. than a normal citizen. So um, how should they be prepared for that? Because it's just one of the eldest sisters. So three other children coming up next. Yes. <laughs> Uh, therefore, it has a huge difference between studying in Hong Kong or UK. However, in Hong Kong, some international schools are very expensive. <laughs> yeah, also. expensive at the end, um, sending children yes. overseas. Some people have done that research. Yes, I, right? I think it's abnormal, but uh, we can't control it. They need to know their financial goal, and we can help them to calculate the presence, presence value, how much they save each month. They can consider to uh, invest in ETF or stock monthly saving plan or life saving plan provided by bank or insurance company. For example, if they want to save four million Hong Kong dollars for four kids in, to study in UK as tuition fee in 18 years old, and if they invest in an ETF or mutual fund which have 5% annualized return assumption, they need to save around Hong Kong dollars and 12,000 each month only. But if they put the money in the bank, they need to save 80,800 dollars each month, which means target saving planning can save one third of their principal. However, they have four kids now. Uh, I, I can imagine they have a heavy burden. As a financial planner, we should consider their affordability first before providing any investment suggestion. So before, not assuming all of four of them uh, get what they want, right? yes. <laughs> basically. Yeah. You need to tell the children, okay, yeah. this is the reality, and yeah. we, we only need to pick and choose. Yeah, they need to endure the pain. <laughs> right, and yeah. also maybe choose their, they're going to choose their like, num number one choice, yes. and they go for number two, number three. Yes, sure. Yeah, okay. And um, for expatriates like uh, Caroline and her husband, um, like, looking, at the, looking back in the history, they moved from... UK to Australia yes. to Hong Kong because of his husband's uh, job like requirement. Um, so, is there any uh, like specific advice for those people who may need to travel from one location to another location because of the job um, yes. in terms of managing their uh, portfolio? Yes, since Hong Kong may not be their final destination, yeah. therefore they may travel to other countries due to the job environment. And in fact, many investment transactions can be done around the world. But there are two things I think they need to consider first. The first one is they need to know the local tax system. Since some country may test you by the capital gain of shares in stock market or housing rise, they need to see from the local accountant's advice because some of my clients have been tested from the governments before. The, the reason is so simple. They have stayed in this country in the past six months. Eventually, oh. my client need to pay tax in two countries in the oh, same wow. year. Yes. Okay. Well, because they track back your last six months. Right? Yes. Okay. Therefore, wow. it's according to their local tax And it's system. different for each country, actually. It's right? different. Yeah, yeah. So they need to find out. Do yes. It, it, he need to get a big picture. Uh, the, the, the second one is the estate planning. Oh. Estate planning. This is a technical issue and better see from local lawyer advice. For example, one of my Hong Kong clients has passed away and he has financial assets in mainland China, including house or bank accounts. However, his son and daughter told me that it is very difficult to take money from China. Since Hong Kong death certificate cannot be recognized by the China government. Wow. They need to attend the China court and get their father's death certificate in China version. You can imagine that it is very time consuming and annoying. Finally spend them around two years to complete the whole probate procedure. I suggest them 
uh, I suggest uh, Caroline family make sure that they got a full picture on those le two legal problems. It's not easy to find the information from the internet and better contact, uh, better contact local professionals and seek their advice. Wow, yeah. thank you very much, William. Because yeah. that's a very that's something you don't get online. It's more from your own from your own experience. Yes, my own experience. Those consultants fee is worth it to spend. That was William Tam, chairman of the Hong Kong Financial Planning Association.